Okay, if you missed the first part, we'll do a quick summary and um, let you know what uh, we're talking about. Today we are talking about uh, a topic that may be controversial to some, but I, I think in the first part we were clearly showing uh, God's heart. Yeah, even from the scriptures. Yeah. I mean, we were sharing God's heart. He loves us so much. He's given us all. He's given us everything. That's what Peter said. He's given unto us everything that pertaineth unto, you know, godliness, yeah. life, and life. Yeah. It's all and about it, life. It is. Yeah. And, and you know, life is tough enough. And if you don't realize how much God loves you to the point where in the first the part we talked about— um, Second Peter one four, where he says, basically, I have given you promises. When God makes a promise, it's a promise. You don't have to worry about him following through. But God made us promises that enables us to share his divine nature. That's that's powerful. You know, this has been a through grace, you have been able to share his divine nature. <clears throat> he even talks about his glory. And, um, you know, he said in the scriptures, I will not give my glory to another. But what's exciting is you're not another. You're a special person to him. Sons and daughters. Yeah, and in John seventeen twenty two, and he's... Uh, Jesus said, and the glory which thou gavest me. He's talking to the Father. He says, the glory thou gavest me, I have given them. Amen. That they may be one, even as we are one. Uh, Again, it's that mistaken identity that we are somehow less because we've been told that, I guess. I don't know, or you just feel that way. But we have been believing that we're less than we should believe. I mean, these scriptures are powerful scriptures and hopefully are opening some eyes out there, Jim, and some ears that, that, hey, what a wonderful life we can have here on earth if we just believe. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, and the way that we really increase this life in us, I mean, when we were born again, there was a seed that was imparted to us, and unto every man God has dealt the measure of faith, and the only way that that faith grows uh, is really by spending time in prayer, whatever, but spending time with the Lord and, and focusing on the Lord. It's wonderful to sit and listen to a lot of the men of God out there that are, that are sharing with you, but God really has a different journey for all of us. Your journey is not necessarily the pastor's journey, okay? God has a special plan, a special role for you in this earth, and the only way that you really are going to come into this role and this understanding is through Um, relationship with him. It does not come through religion. It it comes only through relationship with him. You have to spend quiet time 
um, with the Lord, and God will open this thing up, and he will reveal this. He will increase your faith, and your wisdom and your understanding will just start flourishing. It'll start opening like a flower. Um, and, and then you'll start seeing the face of God. And when you start seeing the face of God, uh, then you start changing into the same image. And the reason why you start changing into the same image is because when you see him, you will wake up to the reality that you are just like him. Didn't Jesus say that? As I am, so are you in this earth or in this world. I mean, I know that that's, that's, uh, it's hard to get your mind around those things. And frankly, your mind isn't really going to get around those things until you sit down and give Father the time to expand your consciousness and your understanding um, as to who we really are in Him. And I'm finding out that right now in this hour, Rich, there's a great call to pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and prayer can mean a variety of things. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean, le- you know. Our last program was about prayer. Was okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. As a matter of fact, the Lord gave me a poem here that I'll, I'll run by, and it goes like this: Philippians three ten says that I might know Him and the power of His resurrection, and and that's really what this whole show is about. What we're doing is we're trying to steer and direct every one of you that are within earshot here to him not to me or to rich but we're trying to steer your focus and your concentration to the lord jesus christ that you might know him and the greater the knowledge and the wisdom you have of knowing him the greater the power of his resurrection life will raise up inside of you and he will become a greater reality to you um the poem goes like this that the Lord gave me this week, um, and this was kind of my prayer, too. The Lord was listening to my heart, and it goes like this. Rise up in me, O King of grace. And by the way, this is a work of grace. We're not talking about, you know, fasting and praying for 24 hours. I was listening to a pastor, kind of a friend of mine, and he said years ago, I remember praying and fasting. I wanted more of God. And he said, for three days and three nights, I didn't eat, and I prayed 24-7. And he said, wow, you know what I got at the end of those three days? Hungry. I got hungry and tired. (laughs) (laughs) And and the Lord says, it's not by your works of righteousness, son, but it's by my power and it's by my might. So the poem says, rise up in me, O King of grace, that I might see your glorious face. The face that knows the beginning from the end and the face that's forever been our friend. You know, he's always been our friend. I know that we have said under teachings in times past where it said God just turned his face on us and didn't want anything to do with us because we were in a fallen condition. Uh, But, you know, even when Adam fell, what's the first thing that the Lord did? He went to Adam. Adam didn't go to him in his fallen condition. Adam was trying to play God himself, and he took on a new consciousness, a lower consciousness. But the first thing God did was he went to Adam. He initiated it, and he said to Adam, where are you at? Basically, he wanted Adam to take a look at the consciousness that he was walking in, which was no longer a God consciousness, but it was an Adam, an old Adam consciousness. But it says, the face that knows the beginning and the end, the face that's forever been our friend. Yes, there was a place back in time when we departed from the Lord's mind. But even then, he was still there. 
even in our times of great despair, because the Lord said, I will never leave you or forsake you, for you have always been in my sight. But we did depart from his power and from his might. But here's the good news. The Holy Spirit said, but now, by his might and by his power, I'm bringing you back into oneness with me in this hour. So soon and very soon you will see the power of my resurrection life being manifested in thee. Praise God. Yes, amen. Well, we're talking about that we are divine beings, and I think there's been a lot of proof in that over the time that we've been talking about it, but let's give some more. Um, John 14, 20, it says, so when that day comes, Jesus speaking, you will know that I am living in the Father and that you are one with me. Well, if if we're one with Jesus and he's living in the Father, can there be more than one? (laughs) It goes on to say, for I will be living in you. We are one with God. You can, I mean, just read the book of John. I mean, read the whole book. I mean, chapter 17, chapter 14. Where, here, okay, here's an example. Chapter 17, 21. That they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee. That they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. You want the world to believe? Then listen to this podcast or listen to this over and over and over because I'm telling you, when you get that revelation that we are all one, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, and you are one, when you get that revelation, it's going to change you. You will be changed from the inside out. And it's going to be a glorious change. And you know, Rich, he did say, I pray that they all be one. He didn't say, Father, I pray that most of them will become one with us. No, he wasn't happy with most. Mm -mm. He said, Father, I want them all to come into one. Leave the 99 to go get that lost one. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah, and, 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 you know, like we said before in John seventeen twenty two, the follow that scripture up with, it says, And the glory which thou gave me I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one. Jesus speaking to the Father. Philippians 1, 27 says that we are to stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. If we are one with God, then we have his mind. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? Then it goes on to say very clearly, But we have the mind of Christ. Yeah, meditate on that for a while. Meditate on that one. Yeah. Yeah, that'll open up. I mean, what does it mean to have the mind of Christ? Or what does it mean to have a divine, divine 
mind. Boy, that divine mind. Whew. Mm-hmm. Say that three times. <laughs> okay, a divine mind. This is You want to know what a divine mind is? Here we go. First of all, we know it's the mind of Christ. But it's a God mind. Mm-hmm. It's ever-present. It's an all-knowing mind. Well, if I have the mind of Christ, I don't know everything. Okay, stay tuned. It's the absolute, the unlimited, omnipresent, all-wise, all-loving, all-powerful spirit. The mind is not a thing. It is. Mind is not a thing. It is. Out of the divine mind, God created the heavens and the earth. Out of the mind of Christ, we can create. We can create. And what do we create? Well, hopefully, if, we're at, if we have the mind of Christ, we create what he created, and that's love. Mm-hmm. That's treating people right. That's not judging people. Bible clearly says that Jesus didn't come to judge. He came to save. He had to seek and to save those that were lost in their understanding. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Why do we hear so many sermons on judgment? And sin. <laughs> yeah. When they all when God already said that he doesn't even remember our sin anymore. Yeah, yeah. cast them as far as the east is from the west and he remembers them no more. Yeah. I mean what we're saying here is not like giving a 10-year-old the keys to the car. Right. All it's saying is that we we need to start realizing and living in that freedom who, who we are. Of who we yeah. are in Christ. Yes. Right. So you may be thinking, well, if I have the mind of Christ, then why don't I think like him? Why don't I act like him? And we have the answer for you today. We are all being transformed by the renewing of that mind, the mind of Christ. There is a transformation taking place in us where God is perfecting us. He started the process, and he will finish it. That's what it says. He's the author and the finisher. Yeah. We live and move and have our being in him, it says. So be patient. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming. It's Love coming. yourself. Love yourself in spite of. Yeah, it says. Because <laughs> he does. It, I mean, Jesus said two things. He said, you can say three, but two things. Love God. Love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. That's pretty simple. That is the law. Of the Spirit, yeah. Of the Spirit of life right. in Christ Jesus. Right. The law of sin and death is gone. It's abolished. Jesus abolished it. Yeah, he did. The good news is God's perfection is already in you because he's in you. So the perfection is there. You are perfect. Maybe you just don't know it yet. But you are perfect. Yeah, it's... Uh You know, I was on a boat trip one time with a very godly man from Australia. And uh, we were outside and just uh, taking in the scenery. And he made a statement to me. He says, if you don't remember anything I've said in these sermons that I preached over at the church house, remember one thing, Jimmy. (laughs) At that time, he was considerably older than I was. But he said, when God looks at you in that day, he's only going to ask one question. How much of my son do you have formed in you? 
Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the only question he's going to have. How much of my son? And Paul talked about that he prayed for the church that Christ would be formed in them. Gets back to what Rich was saying about this this translation, this metamorphosing process that we're going through. Christ is forming himself in a people right now. It is literally the divine nature intertwining with the human being. And that's what Jesus came to show us. He was the first new creation man. He was the first man to walk 100% as God and 100% as man. And we all understand real well that we're 100% man, but God wants us to get a hold of the revelation that you're all, you're all, and you're, but you are a hundred percent my son, which makes you a God man. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't misinterpret where I'm coming from here. But like like Brother Rich quoted uh, out of Psalms, Jesus said, "You know, doesn't the Scripture say that ye are gods and sons and children of the Most High?" I mean, even when Paul went to Mars Hill and he was talking to. All these men that gathered around these Jews and, and the Greeks, primarily, that were always seeking wisdom. He says, I, when I came into this building, I noticed a sign out there. It was a monument directed to the unknown God. He says, don't you all know that you're children of God? And these were, these were most of them were unbelievers, and he said, you're children of God. Mm-hmm. You know, they were, they were searching to find out who this unknown God is. And Paul basically was saying, you're his kids. Just go inside. You'll see him. Amen. Yeah. There's a manifestation that's taking place Amen. in you, mm-hmm. in you, and and we have to continue to ask, seek, and knock. Because as you ask, seek, and knock, he's gonna he's gonna fulfill those askings and seekings and knockings. He's gonna open those doors to you. He's gonna answer those prayers of of wanting to know him more. Yeah, I love that one verse, Rich, where he says, For everyone who asks receives. Wow. Yeah. For everyone who asks receives. Are you an asker? If you're asking for more of him, you're gonna receive it. Amen. Yeah, we talked last time about prayer and we talked about seven necessary conditions for true prayer. I'm gonna repeat them. Yeah, Number will. one is God should be recognized as Father. Mm-hmm. Number two, oneness with God should be acknowledged. We need to start acknowledging. You know, it sounds like you're being puffed up, but you're not. Mm-hmm. You're just speaking the truth. I am one with God. That's what he said. He said it. <laughs> you didn't make it up. That's right. Number three, prayer must be made within in the secret place in the secret place psalms 91 we talked last time about the secret place and um i used to pray up you know out there until i realized (laughs) the god of all is in me and so i started my prayer started going within instead of without Number four, the door must be closed on all thoughts and interests of the outer world. That's a tough one. That is a toughie because it's inevitable. I say, okay, I'm going to really meditate on the Lord and his word and whatever. And 
the grass needs cut or you know i what am i doing i got to get this errand run and whatever the phone rings whatever (laughs) so that takes practice Number five, the one who prays must believe that he has received. Boy, that's a biggie. To one in understanding of truth, prayer is an affirmation of that which is being. Then why the the necessity of prayer or affirmation? If the desired condition already exists, in order that the creative law of the word may be fulfilled, we must pray. Mm-hmm. So you have to believe it. God God never said anything about prayers that had doubts to them. He says, if you pray it, believe it. And if it's part of God's will, it will come to pass. Yeah, I think, Rich, when he says, when you pray, believe you have received, I think this gets back again to the finished work that Mm -hmm. we're talking about. Uh, When you pray, for instance, if you pray for a greater knowledge, a greater revelation of me, believe you have received it because, quite honestly, you have. Yeah, It's part of the finished work. When Jesus said it is finished, that's what he meant. He meant that this salvation is complete. In him, it is complete in him, and you are complete in him. And you were made perfect at Calvary. Um, So when you pray, he's saying, I want you to pray with the understanding that this has already been accomplished for you. Now the next thing is to praise me. And why does God want us to praise him? Because God has a low (laughs) self-esteem? No. God, don't misunderstand me, but God doesn't need your praise but he needs for you to praise because it brings you up into a higher consciousness into the realms of heaven where you can see him with a greater vision. Yes, that's That's good. what it's all about. It's just it raises you up. When you praise God, you're being drawn to the throne room of God, and you will experience the manifestation of his life in a greater way. Amen. Okay, number six, the kingdom of God must be desired above all things and sought first. Remember, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Number seven, the mind must let go of every unforgiving thought. And that's another huge one. Yeah, that'll keep you tethered to the earth. Yeah, that'll, that'll yeah. definitely uh, to the carnal realm. keep you uh, in a heavenly realm because it's the the. The carnal thinking, uh, the the fleshly thinking, um, you know, is not forgiving. Basically, Rich, the carnal thinking is really the spirit of anti-Christ. It is. It's against the plans against and the purposes Christ. of God. I know that we're all looking for a man outside somewhere in Israel that's going to be the anti-Christ one of these days. And, and that's, that's, uh, that's really not fine if that's your theology, uh, because anytime you're looking outside— you're missing the inside work that God's doing in you. Um, you know, we just can't blame everything on this Antichrist because there's a lot of things that we do that's against the purposes and the plans of God in our life, all of us. There's times when I know the Lord wants me to do something, and frankly, I'm disobedient in certain areas. And when I am, I am anti. I am against the purposes mm-hmm. of God. So, 
you know, stop blaming the devil and the Antichrist. <laughs> Look within yourself. Well, the, the book of Revelation has been totally misinterpreted so many times, and we're not sitting here saying we, we got it all no. because we don't. Mm-hmm. But we do know one thing. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the, that is the true title of that book of Revelation. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Where is that revelation going to occur? In us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a spiritual book. He even said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Yeah, that's how he saw it. He that's how spirit. he saw it. He saw yeah. it in the Spirit. So yeah. man wants to lower this thing into mm-hmm. some kind of a timeline that this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And, man, you're just opening yourself up to error. Mm-hmm. You really are. If you take the book as being the revelation of Jesus Christ and you take it as a spiritual book and the Spirit is in you, the Holy Spirit is in you, he will show you and teach you what that book's all about. If you haven't read the book of Revelation lately, pick it up and then take a whole different perspective. Make it about you. And what God is doing in you. He's breaking off seals. He's pouring out vials. He's mm-hmm. All that destruction and death has to occur in us. Mm-hmm. He is a consuming fire burning up all the hay, wood, and stubble in our lives. And that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it might be painful. Mm-hmm. But hey, if you can someday stand there and say, wow, all that garbage you know that i was involved in whatever i have no desire for that anymore that means god's consuming fire burn it up yeah because our god is a consuming fire and uh, one of the poems that the lord gave me a while back was his love is always pure because it burns in the fire of his love it's always pure because he's a god the fire is really the passion that god's talking about that he has for his new creation so everything that God does is motivated from a position of love. That's the reason why the scriptures plainly says God is love. So why do we keep putting all this ugly darkness and judgment and wrath and so on and so forth? The only thing that God gets wrathful about is to destroy the stuff that's in you that's separating you from this new life that Christ paid a tremendous price to give to you. That's where the wrath of God is. Um, so, you know, what we're talking about here is the spiritual mind. <clears throat> we're talking about the spiritual mind. And, and that's what, thank God, that's what the Lord's doing in this hour. As the people pray and seek his face, he always br- brings them, <clears throat> he always brings them into a spiritual place. Amen. Okay, so, you know, Paul even said, hey, the things that I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I if you read the rest of the story, Paul experienced the stuff that we experience. I mean, we know Jesus did, but but Paul experienced them too. He he knows what rejection is all about. He knows what suffering is all about. He knows he he, he was guys beaten for left for dead. I mean, how much worse can it get? But you know, he made that statement, well, you know, I the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I do want to do, I don't, you know, but whatever. But the, the end of the story is this in Romans seven twenty two, 
It says, for I delight in the law of God. Now, remember what we said the law of God was. Love the Lord with all your mind, strength, heart, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what he's saying. I delight in that. After the inward man. So he knows that the, that the delight is inside. I, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. It goes on down to 725. And this, is, this is wonderful. Paul says, I give all my thanks to God. For his mighty power has finally provided a way out through our Lord Jesus. You may be listening today and you need a way out. Well, here it is, right here. It's through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. So I left to myself, the flesh is aligned with the law of sin, but now my renewed mind is fixed on, that's all Jim's talking about, is, is your renewed mind being fixed on and submitted to God's righteous principles. God is righteous. And you are righteous because he is righteous. Yeah, I was thinking about when you talk about the suffering, the thing that popped into my mind too, Rich, was when uh, we know that Paul went through a lot. Paul had a very special calling on his life, and, and he did see a lot of suffering. But he said the sufferings of this present time are not to be compared right. to the glory which shall be revealed in me. <laughs> That's <laughs> Romans 8.18. I have it right here. Yeah. I was going to say that next. <laughs> but Paul <laughs> saw the glory. Okay, and that's what gave him the strength and the ability to go through the pain and the suffering that he went through. And not only did he go through the pain and the suffering, but he came out loving his enemies and still praying for his enemies. And I mean, to me, that's, that's such a great, great miracle. That's demonstrating the nature of Jesus when Jesus was dying on the cross. And he looked at the soldiers and he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And God is saying that to all of his creation. He's saying that to you right now, too. You're forgiven. There's areas of your life you just don't know what you're doing. And I want to bring victory and prosperity in those areas. You know, Jesus did it all. Yeah. And in John fourteen twelve, I'm going to end my part here. And if you have something, Jim, you can do something after this. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto the Father. Why would Jesus say that if you didn't have the same power, authority as he did? I mean, how how can he say that? Mm -hmm. Jesus isn't a liar. He said that because it's true. He is the truth. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, go ahead, Jim, and then um, we'll finish up here. Yeah, I've got a poem here. I think I might have read it last week. I think the Lord gave it to me about two weeks ago. <clears throat> but it's nice, and, and it, it goes like this. Hitch yourself. You know, have you ever heard somebody say, I'm getting hitched this weekend? I'm getting married this weekend? Mm -hmm. And we're the bride of Christ, and uh, the Father was saying, Hitch yourself to Christ within, and you will find joy without an end. Joy is something that we all seek, but earthly joy can only give you a peak. If you seek joy without end, there's only one place you will find that friend, for joy is a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and this friend is not fickle to forsake you for another. 
because joy is simply the fruit of God's love and can only be obtained through God's mercy from above. So look within, and you will surely find this joy that you seek and peace of mind. For God's love is not something that's fleeting or unsure, but it comes from his nature that is loving and pure. So keep your focus hitched on Christ in you, and you will surely find that God's love is true. And Nehemiah 8.10 says, For the joy of the Lord is your strength. God bless you. We love you.